Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I cannot believe it. It is actually the 1st of June. That is crazy, my sisters, isn't it? This is Liz Dolan. I'm Santa Monica. What? It, is the, it is the 1st of June. 1st of June. Uh, Leon Dolan, you're in Pasadena, California. How's everything out there? Hot? Hot this weekend? It's hot this weekend, Liz. It's beautiful. Can I tell you, I have tomatoes and sunflowers blooming simultaneously in my garden. It looks nice. beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Look. <laughs> Like one tiny corner of my garden looks like a photo spread. Looks <laughs> 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 like a touch of Provence. <laughs> right there, Pasadena. Very nice. Sheila Dolan in South Pasadena. Are you growing anything? No, but I knew it was the 1st of June because I'm counting the days. Oh, it's te- the I'm, end of school. Yeah, I'm a teacher. I know how many hours are left. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not growing anything. Well, I did enjoy, like on on the weekends when we sort of round up on email, who's free to be on the show, uh, when we recorded on Sunday mornings last week, when we reached out to you about your availability, (laughs) your response was just, report cards, shoot me now. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and I have 11 more to go. That's, That's, you know, that's my life. But I'm really happy to be on today. All right. Well, um, well, we do want to hear. You said you had a big, big today. Uh, the response when we asked about today, you said you'd be willing to tell us everything about your colonoscopy as long as Leanne was also available. So that's I'll, right, because she was my uh, service provider, okay. and um, so yeah, no, big colonoscopy this week. Okay, so we're going to hear about that later on. I also want to tell you guys later on. I think I might have had. My best celebrity sighting ever last night. It was just like wow. It was just like a multiple arrangement. There were actual introductions involved. Oh, Liz, because you you hobnob with some fancy people. I mean, these are people that you would have enjoyed meeting. Oh no! Yeah, this, this this is sort of a subset of a subset. But totally cool. So, uh, you know, I was almost going to text you the way I normally do. But then I thought it would be more fun to talk about it on the show today. So uh, I'll, I'll try this out on, at the end of the show. So see if you think it's as good as I Now I've built it up. So I hope you agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is, Liz. <laughs> but I'm dying to hear. So I've been listening to the last couple of Tuesday shows, whether or not they're on Tuesday or Thursday matters little to me. And Leanne... This is, it's during the week when you reveal that you have taken up golf, which I had no idea. Yeah. Well, you know, I started slow about five years ago and then I was surprised by a friend of mine who asked me to play in a charity golf tournament. Uh Now I know I see those charity golf tournaments. I had no idea what happens in them. I didn't understand (laughs) the logistics of a shotgun start or the best ball theory. But it was a fun group of moms that were going to sign up and do this uh, charity golf tournament. So I said yes. I thought, well, that will get me back out on the range, you know, <laughs> swinging the clubs. Because uh, sure. 
haven't really swung them in like 18 months. So, um, so the golf tournament was Friday. Oh, and I oh, think, good. yeah, it was last Friday. And I, I can tell you this, we did not win. Okay. We did not win. <laughs> there were, there were 27 teams involved. A lot of golfers wow. out there. Wow. Mainly teams of all men. We were a team of three mothers and my 18 year old son, Brooks. That's how we, that was Excellent. our ringer. That was our ringer. So we tied for 25th out of 27 teams. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, the only, important thing is participating, Leon, right? It's all about the cause. That was only with a tiny bit of cheating. So <laughs> I think it was pretty good. <laughs> but I have to tell you, um, the first nine was fairly disastrous for us. We did not play well, any of us, uh, even including Brooks. He was not driving straight, and that was his prime. Well, he was not driving the golf cart straight. He was a maniac on the golf course with the golf cart, and his driver wasn't working. Can I tell you how badly I played? The, I just unbelievably badly. I had been working. I had been practicing my drives. I was fairly confident I could at least connect with the ball cleanly and like place it on the fairway. Not a chance. I was spread. <laughs> Playing balls all over the place. <laughs> it was like you. It was so bad you only had to laugh, but the pressure was on. So by the time we were like, I don't know. I, I thought we had been out there for hours. I looked at Brooks. I was like, Are we about halfway done? He said, We've done five holes. So <laughs> fun, fun, fun. But then when we got to our back nine, you all start on different holes. So it was confusing. We started on hole nine and finished on hole eight. And uh, we got to our back nine. We hit a par. We hit, you know, we hit even. We played very well. Everyone picked up their game. And we actually had some fun. We did not win the hole-in-one contest, which was a car. No one. Oh, oh darn. We didn't win the best drive contest. Oh. We didn't win closest to the pin. We didn't win anything. I thought we might get a participation ribbon, but we didn't even get that. Oh. <laughs> now, was there, a, was there a dinner or something afterwards, Liam? Yeah, there was, Sheila. There was, it was perfect because it's mainly men, so they don't fuss. So it was just an In-N-Out burger truck and <laughs> some beers and, like, a rockabilly band. It was kind of fun. And then, so we scored, our total score was eight over par. And the winners, the guys who won, uh, were 16 under par. So they oh, wow. beat us. Oh. Yeah, so they basically birdied every hole. They're like pros. I mean, they're... Well, as it's you play the best ball, so like all four people hit, you take the best shot from all four people, and you keep doing that. So as Brooks kept saying, if I was with four good golfers, we'd be under par too. <laughs> <laughs> but at one point, like by hole 14, all the women were so exhausted, Brooks got up and hit it like literally 300 yards, and the rest of us, we barely collectively went 47 yards. So we just started <laughs> spraying the balls all over the course i like hole 14 he saved us so we would still be out there i think if we didn't have brooks on the team so i don't think this is going to be a career of charity golf tournaments for me <laughs> so there's no chance of the senior tour in no. your life we agreed to play once a quarter we thought that was ambitious enough that maybe we would get together the ladies and play once a quarter to prepare <laughs> to prepare the next one will be in two years so we have oh, two good. years okay. to really get mm. our game under us but um we looked we all had brand new golf skirts on and we looked pretty cute so yeah, I, mean, I was just going to ask about your outfit Leanne. yeah i had to go get a new golf skirt uh, i don't have golf shoes yet that that feels like another level i just wore my regular sneakers but i do have a visor sheila That's, oh well there you're set then yeah you're really set and a lot of sunscreen so uh i I'm made surprised it to you even have do you have clubs yeah 
We oh, have yes. I had no yeah, idea. we have clubs. We bought a set of clubs like five or six years ago that Colin and I basically shared. When he was shorter, we oh, okay. shared this set of ladies' clubs. Okay. Uh, so I have my own clubs, but I have. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Liz. I have clubs. But I only really know how to use two of them. So, <laughs> so anytime I wasn't hitting my little five wood or my putter, things went poorly. So I have many clubs, Liz, but I can only hit two of them. You're just unfamiliar with a lot of what's in the bag. The See, this is why people have caddies, I guess. I, I was trying to use them. Brooks would say, use your seven iron, and that would go poorly. So and at, I, at one point, I abandoned my driver because I just couldn't hit it off the tee. It was just bad. So... But it was fun. I can see why people do it. But clearly there were golfers on the course taking it very seriously. They wanted to win, and they mm. won. That was not us. But uh, I did not get injured, so that's good. <laughs> no trips to the hospital. No. That's no really good. No muscles. No, nothing. And you didn't hit anyone with one of your drives? I don't like think that. so. I can't be sure. I can't be sure. <laughs> can't be sure. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well, it's a whole new world for you. It is. It is. But I, yeah. the day before the big golf tournament, I was able to um, accompany Sheila to her colonoscopy. Oh. <laughs> Spend some special yeah. time with Sheila. Oh, that's oh, good. That's important yeah. that you two have that time together. Yes, it was very <laughs> lovely. All right. So uh, as many people know, I had my colonoscopy this week. Um, <laughs> the way you say that, Sheila. It's like, <laughs> as, many, as most of you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So basically... You have a colonoscopy because it saves lives, right? You, you go, if your doctor tells you you need a colonoscopy, you go get a colonoscopy because that's how important it is. But, so I've had two in my life. And that being said, after my first colonoscopy, I, I, I swore in my life that I'd never, ever do that again. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I said, I'm never doing that again uh, because... The prep for colonoscopy is so bad that you just know you can't go through it again. And here I was 10 years later going through it again. So I, I tried to strategize. I did a lot of research, um, a lot of research on the web. And a couple of weeks before my colonoscopy, I said, you know what? I'm going to change my attitude this time and try to think of it as a positive experience, uh -huh. and why does it have to be so horrible? You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's good. I did a lot of research, and basically the research boils down to this. You can find about 160 ways to try to not taste the liquid that you have to drink. I mean, <laughs> basically you can freeze it. You can drink it through a straw. You can hold your nose, and you can do about 150 other things uh -huh. to try to not taste the liquid. And I did all three. I, did, I froze it. I drank it through a straw, and I held my nose. But when, you know, the bottom line with the colonoscopy prep, I think, it's not the first 62 ounces that are going to kill you. <laughs> it, it's the last two. <laughs> it's, it's 63 and 64. Those are the ounces where you say, that's when you say to yourself, I am never doing this again. <laughs> okay. So what I tried to do, uh, girls, is create uh, a spa environment at home. Uh, so For your colonoscopy prep? Yeah. 
for the prep. So what I did We're was, still on the prep? Okay. <laughs> um, I fired up the YouTube television, which is what I have. It's the only thing I, I can afford. And I, I do spa sounds for eight hours. Do you know you can get YouTube on your television? No. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so yes, you, I did know that, but I, yeah. I've never done it. Yeah. So I, I had the Zen, Zen garden going for about eight hours. And um, I got some candles. Um, and, you know, you mocked me. You girls mocked me when I put in a squishy toilet seat cover. Do you remember when you did that? Yes. Well, that was a godsend during the prep. <laughs> I mean, that kind of thing really makes a difference when you're prepping. Um, so I just, you know, I dimmed the lights. I did everything I could to not think and just um, drink the 64 ounces. I mean, there's no other way to do it. Right, Liz? I mean, nope. have you done it? I've done it. Yep. yep. You just That's gotta, it. You got to get through it. There's you got to get through it. No and way around it. Before you know it, it's morning and it's pickup time. And Leon arrives, what, about a half an hour early, Leon? Yeah, like 45 minutes early. We were okay. supposed to arrive at the at the um, doctor's office at 10.15. It's five minutes from your house. I got there at 9.30. You know, I just, I thought you would be more stressed out. I didn't want you to stress out anymore. So well, I got there was, early. That was nice of you. The problem with somebody being early pre-colonoscopy there's 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 an elephant in the living room there's no conversation you, you can have right Leanne and and there's no food in the house and I can't offer you coffee because if I had to brew coffee I would have to hurt you you know if I if I, I hadn't had coffee for two days yeah. so if, uh, we just looked at each other said, let's go to the hospital let's yeah, just go just, we went I see I have never had a colonoscopy so I didn't know so I did ask several times what time do you want me and when you didn't respond I thought oh my god it's the the prep has killed her I should go down there well it almost did so it's the last two ounces so we arrived a uh, beautiful setting uh Huntington Hospital um and I went to the intake so um I'm in intake Leanne's in the waiting room reading people magazine and all of a sudden, things got very bad during the intake, right, Leon? You know, My Liz, when Sheila starts making faces <laughs> at the person, right in front of the person? I know. For some reason, you believe people can't see you when you're doing that to them. Yeah. They're, they're just trying to fill out the form to get the information they need. And you're reacting poorly in such a visible way. Yeah. I, I was 20 feet away. I could see the faces. So a right. woman across the desk could see the faces. Well, she, she didn't care. I mean, she basically, the first thing she said was, you have, an, you have a $1,000 deductible. And I said, hold up. Okay, come on. You know, I have my piece of paper here saying this is all approved. Um, and I almost started crying, but before I did, I called Leanne over. Yeah. Leanne <laughs> over. I thought you were going to say you called your insurance company. No. <laughs> And it, it turns out that she was totally wrong. But the thing is, she was talking so quickly that you couldn't understand anything you, she was saying. I'll, I'll back Sheila up. She, okay. I'll back her up because I, we couldn't understand. Uh -huh. What she meant was like if Sheila actually had to have surgery at some point down the line on her colon, she would have to pay $1,000. Oh, okay. Which seemed, you know... Like, are they, were they going to do it today? Was that a decision that was going to be made mid-colonoscopy? It wasn't. 
<laughs> you never know what can happen once you get in there. I know. I, again, I've never had a colonoscopy. So it's like, do you need my credit card? I, you know, fine. I know just- you're very sweet. So I was like, just slap the wristband on me. Let's get up there. So we, um, we went up to my lovely semi-private waiting room, which was, which was nice. It was a waiting room with a big hospital bed. It was a uh, hospital room, yeah. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. As I said to Leanne, I could live here. I mean, Because it was so clean? It was so yes. clean. It had a television. I was set. I had sink, uh, private, semi-private bathroom, um, get into my hospital gown, and we just did a lot of waiting, right? Didn't we, Leanne? We just... We were just chatting and waiting. There were a uh, lot of people there, though. You were having a lot of things done. People coming in with your blood pressure, we're asking you questions. We were locking up your valuables. It was just there were like four or five people on the team getting you ready. There was a lot of action. I was surprised. Right. There was a lot of stuff. There was a man that came by that just checked uh, what I had on my person, Liz. So he wanted a rundown of all the clothes uh-huh. that I wore. Uh-huh. <laughs> it made me laugh because... <laughs> Sheila wore a lot of clothes that morning. She had like a hundred layers on. <laughs> what was your thought process about that? Starting with jeggings because I heard it was cold. It, I heard the room was cold. I did my research I, on the world, world, world wide web. On, I, on Yelp, they review the room? <laughs> yes. So I had jeggings. I, I, I said to the man, jeggings? And he looked at me. I said, pants. I'm wearing pants. <laughs> He said, are you wearing underwear and bra? I looked at him. I said, well, just underwear. Uh, I didn't know. It was a lot of personal (laughs) questions, really. Well, it's a colonoscopy. It's going to get personal. Right. Well, speaking of personal, there's a big warning everywhere in the hospital now called personal privacy. So you could opt out of having a male attendant do anything to you if you were not comfortable. Now... At one point during the... Or a female, if you were a man and you didn't want a woman, you could go... That, that was, exactly. it, was, it worked both ways. I, I assume most men want female, females doing stuff to them, right? <laughs> so, but I had a male uh, do my EKG. Now, at that point, I could have gone Norma Ray and said, you know, I don't want a male on me right now. And an EKG, there are no secrets. They're basically hooking up nodules to your breasts. (laughs) But I was too out of it at that point to to, uh, exert my personal privacy power. And they're they're medical professionals, so I'm sure you can trust all of them. It's not the parking lot attendant hooking up (laughs) nodules to your breasts. Okay, so then everybody goes away, and then the head nurse, I'm sorry this is taking so long, but the head nurse comes in, and she's basically... Like a head nurse, she's very down to earth, uh, no conversation, right, Leanne? And she's very professional. She wanted to get you in and out. She she gave you the information she wanted you to know. But right. no, she did not want to be your best friend, Sheila. That's what I would say. She was not looking to meet you later for coffee. <laughs> okay, so she goes out, and then all of a sudden she comes back in, and out of nowhere, she just looks at me and says. Uh, so could you be pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) To which I said, um, is this a trick question? (laughs) Uh, uh, because I, I, quickly in my head, I reviewed that they took my blood 
I mean, is this a trick question of some kind? I said, pregnant? And Leanne started to laugh. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, could you be pregnant? Uh, and I, I, I was dumbfounded. She, then she said, are you sexually active? <laughs> and I'm is like, this when Leanne left the room? The no. No, I, mean, I was there. I didn't want to hear my answer. Yeah. Uh, and... I wasn't going to, well, I mean, my little sister's sitting here, but I thought I gave her the best answer I could, Leanne, which was, well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> and that could mean anywhere from 20 years ago yeah. to two weeks ago, right? I mean, it's vague. I was not going to elaborate on that. <laughs> she said, well, you're going to have to take a pregnancy test because you're going under general anesthesia. And then I was like, for God's sakes, are you kidding me? Yeah, what and, could be worse than getting that news? Yes. <laughs> like, the colonoscopy was looking good at that point. Plus, I was hooked up to IVs and heart monitors, and we know how to get a pregnancy. Like, that means I did another trip to the bathroom. Right, there was, right, there was oh, that. Right. Oh, right. So I'm waiting there, just freaking out completely, and then all of a sudden... Carlos comes in, who's who's in charge of my bed, and he's smiling, really nice, making me feel happy and warm. <laughs> he said, hey, how you doing? I'm taking you over. I go, uh, uh, taking me over? I said, Carlos, I thought I was going to have a, and then he looked at me, he goes, yeah, your doctor said no problem. <laughs> <laughs> And Did that make you feel good or terrible? That's a good doctor. That's a good doctor that knows there's no way you can be pregnant. Okay? She took one look at me. She said, you know, skip the pregnancy test. Let's get her under general anesthesia immediately. Stop. Stop. She took one look at the 600 layers of clothing you walked in with. <laughs> this woman is not. Is not and, and speaking of golf, by the way, my my doctor, my gastroenterologist, whatever you call it, gastroenterologist, he, she, had, she had been playing golf all morning, probably had several spa treatments. She looked fabulous, didn't she, Leanne? She did. She was very glamorous and, like, put together and just a lot of energy. And, yeah, she was going somewhere much better after Sheila's colonoscopy. <laughs> That's what well, I would say. She just feel so bad because you, you look bad, you feel bad. And you know what you've undertaken the night uh -huh. before. It's just the worst thing in the world. So then the last thing I remember was Carlos saying, roll over to your left. I mean, I don't remember anything afterwards. That's and, good. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yep. And they wheeled me back in. I, Leanne, were you waiting the whole time? I, I don't no, even remember. I went, you, you requested an iced tea and a bar. Like, I, I thought I was going to buy her actual food. But, you know, she doesn't eat actual food, Liz. She just sus sustains herself on bars. So I, in the, the mm. pr procedure only took 20 minutes. I thought I had my yoga clothes. I was going to go to yoga class. I didn't know how long it took. Uh, so I just went. I got her an iced tea. I got her a bar at Starbucks. I actually got her some food for post-op, some actual food. Oh, I had did, to buy yeah. her a bag. I 
had to buy, buy a, a shopping bag for. So I got her a salad and some tomato soup and nice. uh, a few things, yeah, to have around her house so she wouldn't have to go out. Because you did look tired, actually, Sheila. You looked like the prep had actually been very tired. It was pretty draining on you. So when I got back, I was there. Um, Thank you, Lynn. Watching Thank TV. I enjoy I enjoy watching <laughs> all the Law & Orders that they show in the hospital. It seems to be. I was enjoying Law and Order SUV, uh, and she came rolling back in. So that was it. Rolling back in, my doctor came in, clean bill of health, Liz. Oh, that's the important thing. After yes. all the buildup, it yes. is about being healthy. That's right. And she smiled and said, I'll see you in five years. And I just smiled back, no, you won't. <laughs> no, no, you won't. No, because I know you're not going to see me in five years. But have a good golf game, and uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Did she give you a picture of the inside of your colon? Yes, I have about 64 pictures. Many, many pictures. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. And a full report. And she, I, it's interesting, she wrote prep, good. Good prep. <laughs> Not excellent, but good. <laughs> Your report card? She used to do a lot of report cards, too. She just wants to. It's to the true. Chest. But, Liam, I couldn't have done it without you. Sheila, I was happy I was there. You you did need someone. I feel bad. A friend of mine got a colonoscopy a couple of weeks ago, and I said, do you need a pickup? She said, no, I'll just call Uber. But now I feel bad. I People need to get picked up after those yeah. colonoscopies. And, at a, my hospital, they won't let you take a taxi. You actually have to have a person there. Oh, okay. So the Good uh, to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be there for you, Leanne, whenever, you know, years from now when you turn 50. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Free, freeze it, use a straw, and hold your nose. Okay. <laughs> and it's the last two ounces that count. <laughs> um, all right, well, now we're going to go on to uh, speaking of medical news or old news or old people news. I don't know. I, I know we swore we weren't going to talk about Donald Sterling again on this show. And um, But a couple things this week struck me. Of course, the team now, the Clippers, big headline that Steve Ballmer, former CEO of Microsoft, is going to buy the team for $2 billion. <laughs> okay. That's that crazy. Crazy. And that Donald Sterling was putting up a fight. And, oh, now his, do- his lawyer claims he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I will just say this, as one, as a family that has gone through Alzheimer's before, um, that does not surprise me. Having seen that interview, uh, it doesn't excuse any of his behavior, because as we learned with Alzheimer's, one expert said to us, it doesn't doesn't change your personality, it's like your personality in technicolor. Uh, So sort of the things you believed for years all come out of your mouth. The good and the bad all come out of your mouth with Alzheimer's. And I think people think that Alzheimer's is like the Hollywood version of Alzheimer's where you forget words or you do like quirky things like take your pants off in restaurants and stuff like that. Right. And it's not really that, is it? It's, no, it's a lot darker than that. It is, especially like the opening, the beginning couple of years when you're trying to figure out what's happening with your loved one. There's a lot of paranoia. There's a lot of conspiracy they have a lot of crazy thinking and crazy talking, but they sound like they're making perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So that's right. why it's confusing. You're like, what are you talking about? And so when Donald Sterling was going on and on about, like, Magic Johnson, it was clear that he had focused 
all of his craziness on Magic Johnson for no reason. There was no reason. It didn't, he didn't need an actual reason. You know, people with Alzheimer's make up stuff, (laughs) you know, they're blatant lies. So it doesn't As you recall, our father was writing a lot of letters to Condoleezza Rice. Right. I mean, that's right. Just things he wanted her to know. Yeah. I mean, just so really, and then, but you would have a conversation with him about it and it was very articulate. And then you realize, well, that was a crazy conversation. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he would come for Thanksgiving and people would say, it seems fine to me because he had a couple good stories he could tell, you know, yeah. to sort of hold it all together. And so it, it wouldn't, that didn't surprise me to see that. And it doesn't excuse anything. And I don't, I, there's, <clears throat> that's such a complicated, messy, unpleasant situation. And he's been an uncomplicated, unpleasant, messy man for 30 years, but it didn't surprise me. But let's talk about Steve Ballmer. Liz, why would you pay $2 billion for a team? (laughs) We've lived in Los Angeles. I've lived here 21 years. I think before this incident, I've heard people mention the Clippers five times. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no one in town cares about the Clippers. And the only people I know with tickets to the Clippers are people who seriously lost their Lakers tickets in the divorce. So they have to go buy season tickets at the Clippers because their ex got the Lakers tickets. Okay. Like, no one okay, Leah, and that's old school Pasadena or old school LA. I, I mean, know, but it is a young, vibrant team. They could go somewhere, you know, and if you're Steve Ballmer, you you have an ego that allows you to imagine someday your team is going to be more important in Los Angeles than the Lakers, right? I mean, you come out of this Masters of the Universe uh, world, <laughs> and so you can do it. You can carry the L.A. Clippers on your shoulders with the, the first $2 billion, and then if you, if you have to throw another $2 billion at it, well, what the hey? It's all, you know, it's sort of a fun second career for him. Yeah, I just, it just seems crazy. Like, if he, he had a meeting last week with the mayor, there's a picture of Steve Ballmer and Eric Garcetti. I'm like, you know, Steve Ballmer, if you want to spend $2 billion in L.A., I can think of so many better ideas than buying the Clippers. Okay, think, what's on your list? That would okay. be a good list. I think uh, we should have a special lane on the freeway just for taco trucks. I think <laughs> Steve Ballmer can make that happen. That would be how, good. How about free Wi-Fi for all? Like, forever. Like, no one ever in Los Angeles. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm for that. That would be good. Wouldn't people love you if that's what he wants? Yes. Okay. You know, let's not even start with the schools here. Upgrade every all the facilities, teacher salaries, bring back the arts program. Yes, if we had $2 billion in school, in money poured into LAUSD. Mm All right. Nope. You know LAX, we are the only major city in the world where you cannot freaking take public transportation (laughs) to the airport, okay? The train to the airport stops a mile and a half before the airport. Steve Ballmer, finish the train to the plane. That's good. You could probably get that done for $2 billion. Yeah, exactly. That is about what the price tag is. We would rename LAX Steve Ballmer X, whatever you want, Okay. Remember those Michael Jackson holograms from a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Let's have those all over L.A., 365. Just boom, Michael Jackson everywhere. <laughs> that would really make us, like, the entertainment capital of the world. So much more fun than the Clippers. And then finally, bring the team that L.A. really wants back, the Raiders, okay? <laughs> That's the team we really want. I just think, 
You're going to spend $2 billion here so many better ways than buying the Clippers. I like your plan, Lee, and I like your vision. I think think we're just going to have to find you another billionaire. (laughs) How about about some of those people that were bidding against Balmer and didn't get it? Maybe you could, you know, publish a manifesto of some kind and David Geffen might take on that list. Okay. Or Oprah might take on that list. You know, there were other people in the bidding war. What if what if she did? What if Oprah did build the train to the plane, and then LAX was just Oprax? <laughs> Oprax. Oprax. The the one thing that does, uh, Steve Ballmer, I'm just kind of sad. We're going to have to see him courtside all the time now. You know, yes, I, I didn't know you did not enjoy Steve Ballmer. I don't enjoy. It's, I have no giant problem with Steve Ballmer, but he is just like big blustery guy, and I would have loved someone more more LA to get to end up with the team or more someone more fun like Pharrell could buy the team right. and I would enjoy right. that <laughs> yeah you know or just you know it, well whatever just another big tech billionaire you know the all those years we lived in Portland um What's his name? Allen owned the... Uh, Paul Allen. Yeah, Paul Allen, you know, another Microsoft billionaire, owned the Portland Trailblazers. He did seem to really enjoy it, though. You know, he would he be... He did. He would be sitting courtside with his mom. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe I, I shouldn't be so hard on Steve Ballmer. But maybe he was we'll... kind of the first in, the first billionaire to go, I'm going to have some fun with my billions. Yeah. I'm going to build the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm going to buy a sports team. And, right. you know, Portland was a market he understood. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I yeah. just... Okay. Would rather just see the money go to better use. Right, yeah. and, Port- and Seattle had its monorail to the Hall of Fame. The <laughs> right. So, you know, they, they had a train involved there, to too. the plane. That is all we need. We <laughs> <train to the laughs> all right, moving on. Speaking of other fun things going around to L.A., how about at Hidden Cash? Uh, it, is, it is fun. I give this guy credit. <laughs> this is. I'm just wondering how many days is it going to be till we find out who this guy is. So if you haven't been following along, this is a... We know it's a guy because he posted an anonymous message that basically said, hang on, I have it right here. Uh, it said, I just closed a real estate deal where my profit was half a million dollars. And I decided even before it closed that one of the things I wanted to do with the money was something fun in San Francisco. That's where he started. I played around with different ideas, and frankly, they were too complicated. I was thinking of a survivor-type game or something like that. Um, anyway, so he's dropping money. He was dropping money around San Francisco. Then earlier or late in this week, right? Wasn't it in Pasadena? You guys? Yeah, he was at the Huntington Library. Yeah, in Pasadena. Yep. Yeah. Several at the Huntington Library right there where my book is, or Helena Pasadena set. Yeah. Where yeah. the security guard said when the people arrived, they, they looked like the cast of The Walking Dead to come find the money. <laughs> it looked like the zombie apocalypse. That's what the security guard said. That's nice. So what do, do people have to dig it up in the ground? Well, then, yeah, then the thing, so then the next day was Burbank, Sheila, and the uh, the people there, it was at a shopping mall in Burbank. They said the people that descended on the shopping mall, they were digging up the earth with their bare hands. They were ripping apart garbage cans. They, like, completely crushed all of the bushes and the zombie apocalypse. It is. And, and meanwhile, there were four news helicopters. This was live on the news in LA. It was like watching the the ad hidden cash uh, chaos. So so that was good on Friday. And then yesterday, Saturday, uh, he had said Friday night that the next one would be at the beaches. So people were like standing and waiting. And he was putting the money, Sheila, inside Angry Birds toys. 
you know. Oh, wow. That is not my scene. (laughs) I I don't even know anything about that. (laughs) I just, I need a bag of cash, but much bigger than what he's giving out. Well, that's, that's what I thought was so interesting that people were going totally crazy for like 80 bucks and and 80 bucks is not nothing. You know, some people got 200 bucks. That's, that's a significant amount of money. I get it. But just the, yes. So yesterday at the last minute, he said he was going to announce at 11 a.m. which beach it was, <laughs> but due to traffic, he didn't get to announce it until 1132 because <laughs> people so swarmed all of the beaches to be ready uh, for whichever beach he announced that he himself could not get to Hermosa Beach, which turned out to be the beach. And so then there was all this news last night about the, you had your angry birds, but mainly you had your angry volleyball players because, you know, (laughs) all beach volleyball there. And so people just swarmed right in the middle of their games, they were saying. They could not believe it. They had to stop their games because people were on their hands and knees digging in the sand right in the middle of the court. So, um, and it's hard to get volleyball players mad, yes, right? Yes, right. Because they're, they're just really chill beach bums, you know, doing their volleyball. Yep. So this has already spread like wildfire. In the last 24 hours, in the news, they said it's happened in Nashville, Tampa, Topeka, St. Louis, San Diego, and then also in, like, Leeds, England. Are these so, copycat? What these are copycats. This? They think oh, they that's don't. Think, fun. You know, it is. Kind of, yeah, there could be worse things. To, again, Steve Ballmer, take your two billion dollars, right. put a hundred bucks in, like you know, billions of Angry Birds, and drop them from the sky or something. <laughs> that would that would be fun. So, uh, so yeah, he decided it was kind of a social experiment he wanted to try, and now it seems to be spreading. So I figure now it's become such a phenomenon. I'm sure he's going to be like on Good Morning America on Tuesday. Even unveil though, himself. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he said he wants to remain anonymous, it's just going to become the the fame is going to be so huge that sooner or later you would raise your hand and say yes, it's me. Well, um, it's not me. If anyone's wondering, <laughs> I was so busy golfing. I was getting my golf game. Couldn't do it. Um. Oh, Haley, and I did. Speaking of sports, I yeah. I wanted to get your take on something. Okay. The uh, Sheila, you can chime in too if you have a point of view on this. But it's, okay, it's World Cup related, so I, yeah, that's. I'm not going to chime in then. Yeah, <laughs> I I know nothing about it. But go on, go on. Well, the we we're starting the World Cup pool at my office. And uh, so this will be a big deal. And remember, I work in the international division of right. the company. I'm one of the few Americans in my whole company. So people, this is important to them. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. This like, is huge. Yeah. Like half of my coworkers are leaving town at the end of next week to go to Brazil. So the, the this is important. Anyway, but the, the pool is just for fun. And it was pick out of a hat and you pick two names and then you track them through the uh, through the groups as they progress. And oh, good. Yeah. You're allowed oh, to. That's a that's that's a fun way to do it, that it's random. Yeah, it's totally random. Yeah, because, you know, otherwise, almost everyone I work with is Argentinian. So they're right. all going to pick Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> they are very serious about about their game. Uh, anyway, so I got my two teams, Leanne, are Ghana Ooh. and England. Oh, so okay. So I'm just wondering what you – Ghana, I looked at the FIFA ratings. Mm-hmm. They're number 38. 
But yes. it seems like they have spirit, the Black Stars of Ghana, they're called. It seems like they could make their way into at least, you know, a quarterfinal, a semifinal. No, no. no. They're in the group of death, Liz. That's group G. That, that's group G. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, they may be a wild card. You're right. They do have spirits and all those things. But can you explain anti- to people what the group yeah, of death what the is? Yeah, what is the well, group of death? It's, there's always, like, one group in the pool play, which turns out to be really hard. And uh, they are in the same group as uh, America, Portugal, uh, and Germany. Yes. Oh, right? right. So that's yeah. That's their that's their group. That's the group of death. So you know. And how many get out of the group? Just two get out of the group play. Mm. So, yeah, uh, so I don't know. I think happen. that's tough. But that doesn't mean you can't root for them. You know, you will be essentially rooting against the United States because it's assumed, <laughs> it's assumed that Germany will go through in that yeah, group. Yeah. But um, okay. you know. And then Portugal has Cristiano Ronaldo. So right. that's you know they have they have some big stars there. But Okay, it's a fun team to root for, Liz. So, okay. right. But you It'll will be, remember, rooting against the United States <laughs> if you root for Ghana. <laughs> okay, what's okay. your other team? Now, Eng- England is my oh, other England. team. And England. I just never really, li- I don't know, English football just is not my thing. But, you know. Well, well that's so, good because they don't win. I mean, that's, they have Maybe that's really- why I don't like that. They always seem to disappoint in these international yeah. competitions, uh-huh. right? That's true. They do. But, you know, again, if it every four years, I mean, I am not a World Cup expert, but we have been following it, but, you know, pretty since 1992, we've been yeah. on board, or 94, uh, when it was here in, in um, Pasadena. So, and over the years, I've learned a lot about uh, World Cup history. You know, every time the World Cup rolls around, they say, I think England really has a chance this year. Like, it is a Hope Springs Eternal sort of situation for England. <laughs> like winning Wimbledon. Yeah. Which right. they did finally do. They did finally do, and, you know, Andy Murray. So, uh, and there are a lot of good players on the on England's team. Like, I like a lot of the British football players. So, um, so you never know. But they are in a tough group. You know, they're in a pretty good group, too. I'm just looking it up. Uh, well, so, um, I turned to, I was looking up some experts on the various teams, and Stephen Hawking posted a video about, about England's chances of winning the World Cup. Yeah. And he said they dramatically increased their chances of winning if they play in a 4-3-3 formation and if they wear their red shirts. Oh, okay. So scientifically, they play better when they're in their red shirts. Okay. So he also said uh, regarding their penalty kick skills, which apparently are not good. Yeah, they, uh, they have lost a lot of opportunities on PKs. Yes. Yeah. So Stephen Hawking. Sort of famously, yeah. You know what a jokester that Stephen Hawking is He's and how he can really yeah. deliver a punchline. So you can listen to this on the video. He <laughs> says, as we say in science, England couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo. <laughs> <laughs> that but I'm bummed. Yeah, so... Um, well, doesn't look like my teams are going to win. But. No, but it'll be fun to root for England. They have some good players. Steven Gerrard is one of my favorite players, obviously plays for England. Theo Walcott, Oxlade Chamberlain, Jack Wilshire, some Arsenal boys. So, okay. you know, it'll be fun to root for them. And they're okay. in Now, is, is there money involved, Liz? Yes, uh, 10 bucks. So <laughs> everybody puts in 10 bucks, so 5 bucks per team. So then, you know, the, obviously the winner gets all of it. It's not going to be some huge amount of money, but it's, it's more than you would get in an Angry Bird. It's, but, it's, but it's not $2 billion. <laughs> it's somewhere in between an Angry Bird and Steve Ballmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the uh, so well, it is exciting. My dark horse team is Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, the Ivory Coast. I oh. like Yaya Torre over there. So I'm kind of secretly rooting for them too. It's hard oh. to root against Brazil in Brazil. It's going to be yes. hard to actually <laughs> root yes, against them. Uh, I do love España. I love Spain. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for them too. And I think Barrick figured out when we go on our Cape Cod vacation that we can watch 30 games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in your rental house on Cape Cod, yeah. sitting yeah. in the inside in the dark watching 30, TV. Excellent. 30 games available to us. Yeah, because as you said, there's nothing to do on Cape Cod, right? Like, I don't know. If there's no mountain, he doesn't – what is that then? He doesn't know. All right. So, so we will be watching a lot of World Cup. Oh, and speaking of Cape Cod, we are having a Cape Cod meetup. Uh, we will be on the Cape for our niece's wedding June 15th, we are meeting up at some place called Brax Landing. You can find more information about it at SatelliteSisters.com. It's Sunday afternoon, 2 to 4. It is Father's Day. Um, nothing we can so do about that. There's nothing we can do about that. Just the way our schedule worked out, but bring your dad if you want. We'll get them their own table. Uh, so. <laughs> the salute to Satellite Misters over there yeah. in the corner. And that's yeah. B-R-A-X, right? Brax, B-R-A-X Brax Landing. Landing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be good. Um, okay. So, uh, so my best celebrity side. Oh yeah. I'm dying to of a while. Like I know I gave this the big build up, but what was, what was cool about it is that it was so, it just kind of crept up on me. You know, it wasn't like, Oh my God, there's George Clooney. It was, you know, cooler people in a different kind of situation. So last night I went to an art opening with some friends of mine and, uh, this couple, he is a, a musician and a painter, but he's also like a grizzled rock and roll veteran. He's the guy, like he used to travel with the Grateful Dead. And remember when we did the, in our Satellite Sisters book club, we all read the, uh, the Patti Smith book. Oh, and, yeah. And I said that like a guy I know was mentioned a lot in the book. He would be sitting around in the bar at CBGB's with, with Patti Smith. Okay, that's this guy. So, um... So he and uh, – so the, the couple invited me to go to this thing with them, and I'd been to another opening, uh, actually, of his before, and it was fun. So I went, so – and it was cool, and this was obviously two, like, very high-end artists, but it was at a place here in Santa Monica called Bergamot Station. I don't know if you, either of you have been there, but it's this very cool sort of village of galleries, and there's a lot happening there on a Saturday night. A lot of the galleries are having openings. So I'm seeing in there and I'm talking to uh, to Paula and she introduces me to her friend Callie who I've met before so Callie and Paula and I are talking and then a bunch of guys <laughs> with Bob come out of the actual gallery and uh, I give I get introduced to one of them it's like hi Joel I'm Liz blah 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 but then there's this big tall blonde guy standing next to me oh. wearing oh. I'm trying to guess okay wearing a white dinner jacket. And I'm like, God, I know who that guy is. And I just could not put a name on it. And then Paula turns and says, oh, Liz, this is T-Bone. It was T-Bone Burnett. Oh, that is that. So it was T-Bone Burnett. And Joel, Joel was Joel Cohen of Joel and Ethan Cohen. Oh, my God, Liz, are you kidding me? And Callie Uh, was, was Callie Curry. The, oh yes! Right, who who created Thelma and Louise, and now she was Nashville. saying, "Yeah, my show just got picked up for a third season." We're the so show happy. is Nashville. Nashville. Yes. Uh, uh, 
And, uh, and I can't even. I, that that's too cool for words. It wasn't. It was just like, was like Joel Cohen. Joel Cohen. And you just want to call him Joel and Ethan. You know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, T Bone. And just saying hi, T Bone. <laughs> It's like, I was surprised. I honestly, I was surprised his friends actually call him T Bone. I I thought that was like a stage name, but you know, maybe they just called him T or. How, how tall is he? I mean, very he's, tall. Yes, he's like six and a half. Yeah, like six five something. He's very tall. And Joel Cohen's like five two. Yes, small, small. Oh but, wow, Liz. But with big hair. That's um, triple play. I mean, it, that's. It was a triple. Just standing in a parking lot. At, at a gallery opening, it was very, uh, it's very cool. And then, not a you know, is it my imagination or is Callie Curry married to T Bone? She is. That's correct, Leanne. Okay, which, thank which you. That's why the music on Nashville is so fantastic. Yes. Because he was the music supervisor, and then I didn't realize that they were married until I started reading publicity about the show. Yeah. So they are married. I didn't realize they were married either either until as I was talking to Paula later, I said, wow, that was cool meeting T-Bone Burnett. And, he said, and she said, well, yeah, you know, he's married to Callie. I was like, oh, right, of course, of course, yes, I did know that, like way back in my um, – in my memory bag. But then like half an hour later where, when we were getting to leave, getting ready to leave and the group was kind of breaking up, um, he even turned to me, T-Bone, and said, nice to meet you, Liz. Like, <gasps> like, and because I never remember anyone's name, the fact that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course I, your name is T-Bone. I can remember that. <laughs> T-Bone. T-Bone is going to stick in my little brain. He's but, very mindful, Liz. Yes, very. The fact that he remembered my, I was just one of the random people that he was introduced to. And the fact that he remembered my name, I thought was, says a lot about T-Bone. So there you go. My little, you know, that's sort of a, see what I mean? It's like a subset of a subset in LA. Like you wouldn't. You wouldn't think you would just bump into them, and if you did, you probably wouldn't even figure out who they all were. But yeah, they're so talented. They're cooler than anyone. Yes. I mean, they're cooler than George Clooney, obviously, yeah. and um, mm -hmm. that's amazing, Liz. You I did, did say for one sec. I thought for one second it was going to be Brad Pitt, but because oh. uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh well, oh. we did. We already met him, Sheila. Remember when we were? I at know. At the bar at the Four Seasons? He was, I know, we air quote met him. Yep. <laughs> he was we, on the other side of the potted palm from us? <laughs> we were just staring through a potted palm for about a half an hour at Liam Neeson. Um, big blonde guy. Uh, then I thought it might have been Stellan Skarsgård or some, yeah. one of those guys. No, I mean, but, I know T-Bone Burnett is not the biggest star in the world, but he he's one, of the, he's one of the most talented people in the entertainment business, for yes. sure. So yeah. that's standing there with the As song. is Callie Corey. Good for yes, her. Yeah. You know? yeah. She's and Joel, let's not forget about little Joel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joel and Ethan. He's got, he's got something going for him, too. Is so. Joel single? Find out. <laughs> I, I don't know. Isn't one of them married to um, the actress who's in Fargo? Yes. yes. One of them is married to I think that's Francis McDormand. Well, yeah. One is tall and one is short. Well, we don't know which is which. Everybody but. looks short next to T-Bone Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an excellent sighting, Liz. Yeah, okay. Just and that would be hard to text. I can see yeah. why you didn't text me. Yes, it wouldn't It wouldn't have the just instant impact of, like, George Clooney. Triple uh, play. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> George Clooney. Oh, Liz. Okay. So, uh, what else is going on? Anybody have any big plans for this week? Uh, I just got a, one more week of school for my younger son, Colin. So, uh, exams and everything. Just bu- buckling down. That's good. <laughs> buckling, buckling down. That's my motto this week. <laughs> just getting, getting through Algebra 2. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That was so the do- worst. I know, doing that. So, and then, um, and then Brooks turns nineteen on Friday. Oh, wow! Wow! I know. Yes. I know. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. I know. So he's planned his own birthday party. So that's good. Don't worry. We're the barbecue, <laughs> barbecue golf, Macklemore. That's their plan. So they're doing that. Okay. That sounds I very, like very nineteen. Yeah, it does. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, anybody else? Uh, I just have two more continents to cover in the last week of school. <laughs> I, I think Antarctica is going to be a half a day. Half a day on Antarctica. <laughs> I have to wrap up South America. Plus, I have to cover polygons and symmetry. <laughs> so wish me luck on that, okay? You know, for South America, you should just do your own World Cup draw for all the South American teams, Sheila. That's that's the only way they're going to remember it. I know it's too late now, though. We just, you know, it's just, it's it's too late. Uh, but we have our end of the year field trip on Friday. We're going on a hike on a hot summer's day in the middle of June. Yes, I hope you have your rattlesnake vaccine. <laughs> Well, I'm clean. That's all I know. My colonoscopy is clean, so I'm happy. <laughs> and it all comes back to the colonoscopy. So. And Liz, are you going away, going out of town? No, I'm around uh, this week. I'm just saving up. My- I was in Washington, D.C. for a couple days this past week, oh. uh, which was fun. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah I wondered. Brooke, it was like, have you heard from Liz? I go, I don't know. Not lately. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of days in D.C., it was beautiful. You know, Washington is such a nice city. I mean, it just is very civilized and easy to visit. But I have people I work with there. Again, most of them are not Americans. So there's there's an Italian guy that um, who's in my department there and he grew up in Rome and now he's been in the he's been in Washington DC for five years at the National Geographic Channel offices and as it happened both of us went out last weekend and saw the movie Chef which I know Julie mentioned it on the the Tuesday show on Thursday but if you have not seen Chef you got to see Chef. It is a charming, lovely, beautiful movie starring John Favreau and John Leguizamo, and uh, it's just really, really fun. And he becomes like a food truck guy, and he drives from Miami to New Orleans to Austin and to Los Angeles in the course of. So it's like a road trip movie, but in a food truck. And uh, so, um, so this colleague of mine, Manu, he also saw it this past weekend when we were talking about it this week. He said, it just, he said, I love living in the United States, but that movie did remind me once again, I'm living in the most boring place in the United States. <laughs> Every time he goes someplace else, he's like, yes, we love, they went to New Orleans this year on their spring break. He's like, we loved New Orleans. Why can't I live there? <laughs> anyway, the, I'm not trying to, I know we have a lot of listeners in the Washington, D.C. area. It's a lovely, it's a lovely, nice place. So I do have fun visiting there. Anyway, that's where I was this week. Now my next big trick, trip is uh, Cape Cod coming up. All Cape right. Cod. Exciting. 
It's exciting. So if uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always go post at our blog. We have Satellite Sisters, uh, a Facebook group. Uh, we've had a lot of people joining lately, which is great. You can talk amongst yourselves. You can post whatever you want. Uh, so go do that. I'm our- surprised how many people tried the muffin tin trick with their dogs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we did some dog training on the air last week, Sheila, on the Tuesday, oh. Tuesday slash Thursday show. And people are doing the muffin tin trick with their dogs. What do you do? You, you hit them with the muffin tin? No. No. <laughs> no. You hide treats in the muffin tin and then oh. cover, it with, cover it with tennis balls. Try that, oh. try that with the kids at school. <laughs> put, this, put this countries of South America in a muffin tin and cover it with the tennis balls. Anything ball. in a muffin tin is cuter than not, right? That sounds good, Liam. Okay, everybody is winding down. Uh, you can always email us. Our email is sisters at satellitesisters.com. And otherwise, um, don't forget, call your satellite sister. If you think you're going to hear how much I miss you, if you need to feel bad about yourself, if you want to hear me say I forgive you, because tequila turn you into someone else.